The attack of Satan is always upon the sonship of the believer. And this has been the theme since Adam, who was the first son of God, according to the genealogy of Christ recorded in the book of Luke, that concludes Adam was the son of God. Uh, In the case of Christ, we saw repeatedly the attack of the enemy as detailed in those, uh, in those, in his time in the wilderness, in those three temptations recorded in Matthew, where in two of the three he says, if you are the Son of God, command these stones be made into bread, if you are the Son of God, fall down, uh, 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 throw yourself down off the pinnacle of the temple. And, uh, and, and when he is dispossessed of that guise, the, if you, if you are, the, the subtlety, the, the indirection, when he's dispossessed of that, he's obligated to come full force and to say, as he did in the third temptation of Jesus, look, I control all the systems uh, of the cosmos. The, the, we talked about uh, how he, he said, uh, he showed him the kingdoms of the world, the basileo of the cosmos, which are the systems of the world, as opposed to individual kingdoms uh, over a span of time. So we see that he disclosed to him the nature of his entrapment of mankind, and he's so proud of that entrapment as to say, to Jesus, I have humanity totally entrapped and since you are here on the planet in the form of a human being, there's no escape for you from this entrapment. But listen, I've got a deal for you. If you'll fall down and worship me, I'll I'll let you have rule over the systems. They're mine, he said, to give which indicates that he's proud of his creation and he's sure that he is the one who has created these systems and to depend upon him. And in fact, the structure of these kingdoms are his brainchild. They're they're the result of of his activities, his conceptions, his thoughts and the like. And we should take note of that before we move on to the third iteration found in Scripture where he attacks the sun at the end of the age and this is the nature of the reference throughout the book of Revelation and generally speaking throughout prophetic scripture Uh, and, and how God responds and the fact that God would have us view ourselves no longer according to the flesh but according to the spirit. The first Adam made the mistake of viewing himself according to the flesh. The last Adam did not. He viewed himself from his position as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And we are in the last Adam. We are in Christ and therefore our responses to be effective, we must submit to Christ, 
before we resist the devil. In short, the only openings that the enemy actually has against us are the openings in which we retain the right to independently act, uh, that is, independent of Christ. But if we'll submit to God, who has appeared to us in Christ, to whom we have been assembled, and of whose body we are members, if we'll submit to Christ, then from that position we may resist the devil. When we're doing when we're resisting the devil from our position in Christ, we cannot be overtaken. For we have, according to the book of Ephesians, which we'll come to in a moment, we have an entire economy described variously as the armor of God available to us with which to engage the enemy. But I'll come to that. Uh, Jesus in the last of the three temptations, uh, when he's taken to the high mountain and so on, and the devil shows him the structure of the cosmos, the systems and all of, all of that, and in a, in a bare-knuckled way, so to speak, the gloves are off. He says, fall down and worship me. I've shown you my hand. I've shown you exactly how I control mankind, the systems I've put in place, that entrap mankind. And the more they think of of escaping the trap, the more thoroughly the systems entrap them. Because Because Satan is saying, I give them the illusion of being in control. When they think they're in control, that's when I have them most in my grasp. That's when they're most entrapped. Jesus again responded, by saying, you shall worship the Lord your God. Short, he's saying, I am the Lord your God, which is to say what? That he's clothed with the authority of who he is. His mind is not that of the son of Mary. His mind is that of the son of God. So uh, his ability to resist the devil and and to do so firmly, thoroughly, and unequivocally in the language, you shall worship the Lord your God. You are the created being. I am the one who created you to serve me. So you must worship the Lord your God and Him only shall you serve. That indicates without controversy that Jesus fully responds from His position as the Son of God. The temptation always is, even to the church in the last days, the temptation is and will be whether or not, even if we have the knowledge that we are the sons of God, whether we are still trapped in the culture of the orphan, because there are many who who now mouth the theology of sonship, we're sons of God, but for them the extent of their sonship relates to using that to ask God to enable their status as the Son of Man. In other words, they will say, God, help me, O my Father, help me with this thing, help me to get a better job, help me uh, 
to get over sickness, help me um, in my relationships, you know, and so on and so forth. Unfortunately, the purveyors of the doctrine called the doctrine of faith, which is by no means the, the biblical view of faith, offer only those things. And here we are at the end of the age, vast, uh, quickly, rapidly approaching the end of the age, and one of the things that we're seeing coming unstuck is this doctrine. These, the, the, the purveyors of these doctrine look like idiots, fools, they're being mocked and, and disregarded from the highest offices uh, in the land, here in the United States, from the presidency on down, uh, where they're being used as cheap harlots because indeed there was no authenticity, no biblical soundness to their doctrine. It'll continue to unfold in this way because it was never foundation on the truth. The doctrine of faith is not about how you get things from God, even necessary things. He tells us He knows what we have need of, but our mandate is to seek first the kingdom of God and the righteousness of God, because the kingdom's authority, the kingdom's power, the kingdom's economy exists to support the Son who is pursuing the righteousness of God. And as he pursues the righteousness of God, part and parcel of that endeavor is that God reveals to him how the kingdom's existence supports the Son in time and space. So all of these false and foolish doctrines that have appealed to man's basic desire to survive and the promise of being in control of your life, albeit aided by God in doing so, that whole thing is unraveling as we speak, it has no future. And concerning the leaders who have now been debunked, this thing shall not rise again. We are in that serious time where the sons of God are being required to focus on their sonship, not as a means of getting things from God, not as a means of supporting their son of man uh, um, uh, concerns, but rather from the viewpoint of learning how to rule, first ruling their own souls, bringing everything under the rulership and lordship of the Spirit of God so that, so that, when they confront the enemy in these times, and confront the enemy they will, confront the enemy they must, they will do so from their position as sons of God who understand that the enemy is but a created being and all of his systems that he has created, the ones he showed Jesus on, on uh, when Jesus was in the wilderness in the temptations recorded in Matthew 4, all of those systems are a sham and a fake, a fraud. They depend solely upon people believing these systems, they depend entirely on perceptions. And whoever has the perspective 
of God, whoever has a heavenly perspective as a mature son of God will know better than to rely on the sham of these systems. Here let me say without equivocation, and this is a prophetic declaration, all of these schemes that men have used to entrap, to entice, to subjugate other human beings are now being disclosed fully and thoroughly. Political systems are being revealed for what they are, ways of manipulating and controlling public opinion through a variety of things including promises and threats and appeals to the human nature and the desire for sameness and the preservation of things as they have been because that's what humans understand as their basis of security and reliance. These are examples of how the cosmos has thoroughly entrapped mankind. Now God is, because of the times in which we're living, and by the way we'll never go back to anything that we used to think of as normal because God is moving things forward now in a time and in a manner that He has long prepared and they cannot go back, they will not go back. With that God is pulling the mask off the faces of all the deceptions and and revealing all the deceptions of these systems. Now individuals will be associated with these systems but individuals are not the systems. The systems are corrupt precisely because their originator is the cosmocrator, it's the mind behind it. Now you can change rulers, you can change figureheads, you can change uh, officials, you can change people, the people in position, but the new ones who arise will without doubt and without failure adopt exactly the same characteristics as the ones they're replacing. Why? Because it's the nature of the systems. When a person puts his or her trust in these systems, this is the result, this is the inevitable result. It distorts and corrupts the human being. So whenever people think that they're actually in control of these systems, to the extent that they're bought into and lend themselves to the propagation of these systems, to that extent the systems entrap them. To remind you, I'm speaking of the systems of the cosmos, the the basileia of the cosmos, the kingdoms of this world, which are depicted in the aggregate, that is they're depicted together as a great beast that arises at the end of the age. This is the sophistication with which they have progressed and with which they have been refined so as to entrap the sonship of the, of the Son of God uh, and now, now the reach is not to just uh, 
directly threaten the young believer. It is, it is meant to trap those who are on a journey to maturity by having them accept the doctrine that they are sons of God, but use the understanding that they are sons of God to try to live as sons of men, hoping to plunder the economy of the heavens for no greater purpose than survival. And I'm saying that those who have taught that, have taught it under the rubric of the doctrine of faith, it's a, misrep- it's a grotesque misrepresentation of the biblical doctrine of faith, which by contrast is to lie down, the tatimi, uh, the, to lie down in absolute uh, uh, re- reliance upon God. Unlike the Hebrews in the Old Testament who saw the goodness of God for 40 years, and would not consent to the obvious and glaring truth that God is actually reliable and you do not have a better idea for life than He does. But, but the, 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 the purveyors of, the, of this false doctrine of faith would have sons believe that yes, you're a son and because you're a son, Uh, God is obligated to provide you with health, finances, good relationships and the like and that's the focus of who you are, that's the focus of your faith. That will entrap you as firmly in the systems of the cosmos as if you're an unbeliever. So there's a renewing of the mind and with it God is bringing forth the leadership that models this renewed mind because it's in this renewed mind, you see, that we're able to overcome the schemes of the enemy perfectly brought together in a compendium that is referred to in Scripture as the cosmos. And in prophetic Scripture at the end of the age is referred to as this great beast with seven heads and ten horns who makes war against the saints. One of the examples of this making war against the saints is found in uh, in the book of Revelation, the 12th chapter, and it focuses precisely on the fact that this is an ongoing war. The thing that began in the Garden of Eden, we see has moved as it has moved through history, we observed its full-on address of Jesus, the mature Son, the one that heaven says, this is my beloved weos, the Greek term H-U-I-O-S, which is a reference to the mature Son. This is my beloved Son, this is my beloved weos. Listen to Him because the mature Son is the representational Son, And when you are the representational son, inevitably you're in conflict with the enemy because that is the son that the enemy fears. He'll try to kill that son while it's still a child and here is an example 
the, the third of many examples in the scriptures of how he tries to kill the child who will become the, the one to, to, to destroy the works of the devil as John says in 1 John uh, chapter 3. In uh, Revelation 12, and I'm using this passage purely to show you that the end of the age is like all the other ages in that the theme of the attack upon the sun is what is characteristic of the end of the age and I'm simply wanting to show you also that the organized pattern of this attack is the subject of much of the prophetic uh, uh, references in and in particular the book of Revelation. But our understanding is that our pattern for behavior as the mature son is not Adam whose sonship was compromised by his his, uh, uh, love for and his independence of, his love for a position independent independent of God, whereas Christ responds by perfect harmony, perfect union with the Father and the church at the end of the age, the, 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 the sons at the end of the age are defined are defined by the righteousness of Christ because they have been baptized into Him, they have been disciplined and trained by Him through the circumstances of their lives so that their choreography exact of life exactly matches the standard that is already in Him. Listen, when you are baptized into Christ, the purpose as much of being assembled to Christ is to have you be conformed to the the pre-existing standard of Christ the mature Son, Christ the firstborn, Christ the patterned Son. Now I want to go to uh, here to uh, uh, Revelation 12 just to show you the fact that the plan of the enemy is to destroy this son as quickly as he can and the plan involves the use of this kingdom defined as the great beast, defined as as that to which the, the devil gives his power, his throne and his authority and this great beast of seven heads and ten horns. Here's the reading, now a great sign appeared in heaven, Revelation 12.1, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet and on her head a garland of twelve stars. Now this matches the actual sign that appeared when Jesus was born for a star called the Desire of the Ages appeared in the constellation Virgo to indicate what? That the Desire of the Ages was being born on the earth through a virgin. So this is the model that is being followed, the symbolic model, how the church uh, in all of everything that the church has been 
is about to give birth to the son, this pattern son, this mature son who is conformed to the pattern of Christ. And like Satan came in the form of rulers in the days of Jesus, principally Herod to try to kill the son while he was yet a son, so the rulers of the earth together under this system will attempt to destroy that that which emerges as the fully mature son who now is is equipped to destroy the works of the devil. So now a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman, and we talked about that. Um, I won't go into with the moon under her feet, a crown of twelve stars, but you note the number twelve there, indicating a kingdom and the rule of a kingdom. Then being with child, she cried out in labor and in pain of birth. So at the time of the birth pangs, which Jesus spoke about in Matthew 24, which I've talked about. So in the time of the birth pangs, and birth pangs mean something is about to be born, and for our purposes, what is being born is the mature son, born in the travail of the times and circumstances. And another great sign, or another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great fiery red dragon, here it is, having seven heads and ten horns and ten crowns on his head. Exactly the description we'll read in, uh, uh, in other portions of Revelation, like the 13th chapter. We read it again in Daniel and so on. Describing this beast, his tail drew a third of the stars of the heaven and threw them to the earth, stood ready before the woman who was ready to give birth, to devour her child as soon as it was born. She bore a male child or a man child who was to rule, who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. It didn't say the child was ruling, it said his destiny was to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. Clearly a representation of the company surrounding Christ, namely the, 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 the mature sons of God whose destiny in the millennium is to rule with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up to God and to His throne. Then the woman fled into the wilderness where a place was prepared for her by God where she was taken care of for 1,260 days. I have to wrap this portion up and I want to do so by saying, you clearly see that the end of the age is one in which the, the dragon, who is Satan, we'll read about that in just a, a little bit, further on actually, verse 9, so the great dragon was cast down, the serpent, the devil and Satan. Uh, he is oppressing the saints through this representation of seven heads and ten horns, uh, which we've spoken of before. This earthly uh, hegemonic hegemonic kingdom uh, that is designed to to suppress the saints. 
So he will do what he's always done. He will attempt to distract and to subject and even to destroy the saints. This is, this is his method of proceeding. We can expect him to do that. We will not get out of here until such time as we overthrow the evil one. So uh, I want to talk next about the doctrine of the rapture uh, that presumes we need to get out of here because we can't stand up to the devil. I'm Sam Solon and the word is hegemonic. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.